So this week we're talking about retcons. I'm Kyle. I'm Brian. I'm Merck. Oh, are you? Are you really? If I were to open my pre-crisis zero issues manual, which is a real thing, of course it is, it says here that Bry was Merck. So explain that. Oh, yes, I can explain that, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So I was introduced as Bry and existed as Bry for almost 300 episodes for years on end. But it turns out I'm actually a Merc from the future who uh, came back to become Bry in order to destroy the podcast from the inside. That checks out, except for the fact that this manual is was made by Mephisto? And if I look at the front cover of it, it says, you are Bry? (gasps) So I'm Bry? Because you are the real Bry. Oh, that makes sense. And I happened to get my hands on a Hydra manual, and in Appendix 7, subsection B, it actually lists uh, Kyle is the Merc, is the Bry, and it turns out they're all the same person. They're all... Whoa, 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 um, whoa. Jason Wellwood from a separate <laughs> Hang on. Ha- hang on a uh, second. His real name is Mabrile. All right, let me just let me just check my Hydra manual here. You said uh, subsection B? Section 7. It says uh, the means of air supply, air pressure gauges and controls, lock equipment and other devices necessary for safe operation of an airlock and the protection of workers shall be in working order. Oh, my Hydra manual is from Earth 2. Well, why didn't you say so? I'm sorry. Uh, No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I look like an asshole here. I I clearly see that's an occupational health and safety and continuity guide. Uh... It was it was a good pull. I mean, you guys are pulling toys out. All I got over here is the fucking green book. <laughs> this may appear to be only monkey business, but in reality, it's very serious, ladies. Zero issues comic podcast. Zero issues comic podcast. Uh, can I can I just say just, we're back from the uh, the opening song and it turns out in that time it was revealed that Doctor Manhattan and Franklin Richards teamed up uh, to to mess with the timeline and it turns out that all of us are are who we are and always were who we were until somebody changes it again. So uh, if you're confused, just don't be confused anymore and let's proceed as if nothing ever happened until. Something else comes up that changes everything you think you know. But that probably and that will be that probably won't happen. That probably won't happen. But it might. <laughs> but but it might is the best threat. <laughs> and news is the best segue. You're both winners. Current zero news flash. Welcome to the news, and I have very real comic book news about a very real comic book that's very really okay i lost track of it but it's getting published in fall uh catherine and Stuart imanin imanin imonin i don't know how to pronounce her name i always say imonin 
but I, I think know. it's finished, but it might not be finished. I'm not entirely sure. I we're from an area with a, a large Finnish population, and are any of us Finnish at all? We're all a work in progress. We're all working. Yes, we're not finished. Yes. Um. So I don't. Unfortunately, I don't know how to pronounce that. But anyway. Um, so they have been working, and I didn't realize this, but they've been working on uh, a webcomic for, for quite some time that they were posting on Instagram, and I don't follow them on Instagram, and I'm big fans of both of them. I think nowadays they're just called comics. They're called comics, yeah, exactly. But they're putting out a collection, like a print collection of uh, a comic called Grass of Parnassus, and it's coming out in the fall from Ad House Books. Um, so the... Ru- Sounds like pot! Yes, and... and- I'm interested. So the the write-up from Madhouse Books is join a huge cast including angry space techs, anxious energy workers, obsequious ramen robots, suspicious arcade owners, snack-driven vat-grown bears, and correspondent school druids in this backstage adventure aboard a malfunctioning flying space rock. Uh, so they're basically on a... I mean, okay. I mean, is that a is that a cast like Final Fantasy VII was a cast of thousands because it was really just the like nine people repeated on end? Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, I'm mostly interested in ramen yeah. robots. So, does that mean that the robots are made of noodles, Ooh. or do they just are the robots eating noodles, or are they dispensing noodles? The opposite of eating noodles. <gasps> dispensing. Oh, yeah. You could, like, slip a quarter in their butt, a ramen noodles comes out. Plot twist. All of the above. It's a little upsetting. You know, they're on a drifting spaceship. It's, you know, an out-there sci-fi premise, you know, slice of life. But the slice of life is, like, insane sci-fi gobbledygook, and they're on a uh, drifting spaceship. Which sounds really fun. I'm a huge fan of both of them. Um, I, 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 I adore... Stuart Eminem's art, he's hes one of the greats as far as I'm concerned, and I've enjoyed everything that she's written. So uh, when they team up on stuff, it's its pretty neat. I, I think they showed off, like, their workspace where they're literally, they have, like, a studio where, like, he's on one side and she's on the other side against the other wall. Oh, it's just like Caroline like, in the City. Yeah! It, if I recall, and I'm just like, I just love the, the idea where they're just like, well, time to go to work, and they just both go to their room, and, you know, she's writing and he's drawing, and they're just being a team. It's, it's wonderful. But uh, yeah, so that's coming out in the fall. That's uh, that's it's very cool. And I, I, I honestly, I'll, I'm I'm a big fan, but I, I kind of fell off with them, and I didn't realize they were doing this. So it's uh, it's, it was a nice surprise to see that come across my newsfeed. Myself as well. I gotta say, the last time I saw or bought anything from them or was aware was this, and I'm flashing this on the screen that that the listeners can't see. This is a little uh, graphic novel book, um, and was actually. The stylistic, in terms of how the size of the book and how everything was, was the inspiration for my book, Season of the Dead Hours. Uh, really? Because I loved how this, this was put together. It was. It's that yeah. small. It's kind of like a like a manga, a manga size sort of thing. But like the, the cover is all textured, and I actually specifically went to the printer saying, I want this textural Ooh. sort of cover. And then it's black and white yeah. inside, which is what I did the book in. And it's a beautiful book. And I actually met them in, I believe it was Calgary. And this is like a decade ago. This this book came out in 2010. I bought the book and I got them to sign stuff. And she, uh, uh, Catherine actually wrote and did a little, I, I'm assuming he did the doodle because they just kind of passed it back and forth. And then well, I, does the doodle look me. really clean? He did a little doodle. <laughs> a doodle is super clean. That's uh, a clean doodle. And it says... 
and super, I gotta say, in super nice writing, she should be a letterer. Um, please stop asking me questions. Are you still here? <laughs> so that's pretty so, good. Yeah, kind of a dickish thing, but I, like I love it, it because you know what? I'm a dick. I love it. So uh, I'm sure they meet a lot of people at cons, and you know. But you were the murkest. So, you were the murkest. I was the murkest and the one they asked to leave them alone. All right, going on to a uh, second piece of news, and this is a little more real life. Uh, sort of thing. Smallville alumni Allison Mack, who played Chloe on uh, Smallville, uh, who has been involved in the um, the whole Nexium thing, which was like a cult. Yeah, it was a self help group that kind of involved. You know into- what? It really it worked wonders for some people. Did it? Yeah. Well, it's all about branding. Oh, that's horrible! Damn, dude. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, my my condolences to the the, the survivors of the, the, the and there was several like documentaries made about the whole thing. I mean, it's it's pretty messed up. So it was like a self help group that people got into, and she was one of the ones that got in. She got in pretty heavily, obviously, to a point that she was actually facilitating um, people becoming sex slaves, and as you say, branding and a bunch of other things. So she's been sentenced to three years in prison. For her role in that cult, um, three years, huh? I, th- I three years, just yeah. three, huh? I don't. So yeah, that's let's go to the fucked up. The next, <laughs> is there? Do you have good yeah. news, Brian? Do you have any good news? Oh, you know, I forgot to mention it. I was going to segue to it uh, in the last one. It's some some lovely toy news. This is the news whiplash. This is mostly what we do here. Um, so I talked about Stuart Eminem, so they have, uh, they announced some new toys that are coming out. Can we start calling the new segment the Whiplash? Yes, we should. <laughs> I kind of like it. yeah. <laughs> um. And we can have, what's his name? Uh. Whiplash? Uh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, 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 J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, oh, exactly. Nice. Just his little visage. I I was thinking, uh, uh, other actor. Paul Dano. Who played Paul Whiplash. Dano. Oh. Get them back together. No, not, it's not Paul, Paul Dano. Dano. Oh, oh, like oh. Miles Teller, no, no, Miles not... Teller, or some other guy. No. Iron Man no, Two. Uh, Mickey Rooney. Uh, Mickey. Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. Oh. Mickey Rooney. Mickey no, Rooney. I refuse. Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Rooney. <laughs> Mickey Rooney as Whiplash. I would. Uh, I'd be wholly <laughs> on board. That would be amazing. <laughs> What if yeah. Mickey Rooney played Mickey Rooney. Flash? Put that in an animated series. What please. if Mickey Rooney was J. Jonah Jameson? Yes. <gasps> With the whips though. That's yeah. his uh yeah. And he yeah. just and he just continually tells stories about like old times, like I ah, when I was on the set of Little Rascals, he wasn't on the Oh, and he's so crotchety about yeah. everything. Yeah. He's got he's a yeah, spider yeah. slayer. With Mickey Rooney's face on a screen, but he's got the whips and he's just yelling Jiminy Jellickers as he's trying to kill uh, kill Spider Man. Great times. Anyways, anyway, so they're whiplash story. so so Hasbro is putting out uh, they you know obviously release Marvel Legends and most toys that exist. Uh, so they put out they're putting out more like high end kind of more collectory stuff lately. They put out like a they have like Haslabs where they like crowdfunded for a Sentinel. And they did a recently. They did a Modoc, like a regular, like a Modoc. That's like a kind of a, a twice as expensive kind of 
you know, premium format, whatever. But now they're putting out... A, it only looks a little bit like Patton Oswalt. Just a tiny amount, yes. Um, so they put out... Uh, they're putting out a new one, which is... Uh, uh, they don't call it Elvis Modoc, obviously. It's like, you know, rock, whatever, Modoc. But it's from Next Wave. There was, like, one, you know, scene where they were fighting an army of Elvis Modocs who had, like, cheeseburger rays and all sorts of nonsense. So they're just putting out an Elvis Modoc with the hair and the sunglasses and, like, a cheeseburger ray accessory, as well as coming with a, an action figure of the captain from Next Wave. So... Oh, you mean Captain Yeah. Yeah. Captain Skull, 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 Skull. Our favorite captain. So that's like that two-pack or whatever is like like $74 US. It's a PulseCon exclusive. Eh. It's pretty expensive. So, I mean, like, I'll, I'll pass. But um, but I am. It is, it is very cool to think that they might put out all of the next wave cast in action figure form. Which is, uh, that, said, that maybe says how deep they're going with this crazy nonsense. Elvis Modoc with a cheeseburger ray in action figure form exists. Moving on. And the last piece I have to talk about is about a Canadian comic retailer. So SBT Comics in Kingston. So um, every every retailer has had a hard time in the last year and a half or so uh, due to COVID, due to a number of issues, due to lockdowns, due to all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, COVID happened. Apparently this store had like a break-in robbery at some point during that time. Um, and very recently, uh, they had, I think within the last week or so, um, literally he was in the store, FedEx person came in for a delivery, they were talking for a while, uh, and then a, a pickup truck, um, smashed through the, the front windows and door of, of this store, <laughs> uh, and literally, I'll, I'll, we'll share the video, it is, uh, I was sort of like, oh, man, that sounds nuts. I watched the video. I was just like, oh, my God. It's like, it's a miracle nobody died. And I think the, and he, I think the, the owner, um, whose name is uh, Mark Fardella, he literally, the truck came through. It missed him by a few feet. But it, it's the FedEx guy he was talking to. Thankfully, they, they talked a little bit longer. They were just having a good time talking. Because if, uh, if that FedEx man had walked to the door to leave, even a second earlier, he'd be dead. Oh, and geez. you, you yeah, should watch right. this video because he, um, he, he, you see him like they're talking. He like walks, goes for the door, and then he's just like, whoa! And he like turns and he like runs, like he like jumps out of the way. And the truck comes in, and uh, apparently he was injured, but like you know, it was so close, Could have been like a lot it was worse. so close. If he wow. if he was off by like a split wow. second, he would have been hit full force by the truck going like full speed into the open window and it looks like it might be kind of a mini mall situation um where, where the store is situated so it's um yeah it was just like it's something that just very much shocked me <laughs> and it seemed like a very bad uh you know what i mean like a, a rough time for this particular store and apparently they're uh, they're still open they were they're obviously doing repairs and stuff and they're still like people can come in in the back doors and stuff like that but it, and and uh bonus they've created a drive-through Section. Oh no! Yeah, but uh, you should definitely check that video out. Apparently, the driver—I I don't know what happened there—but lost control of the vehicle is what was worded in the. Uh, which, yeah, very clearly, obviously, obviously. Yeah. But I just wanted to uh, to mention that we'll post the video in uh, the comments on Facebook. Um, and you know, it's it's rough, and it's SBT Comics in Kingston. Just want to give them another little mention because. Uh, 
that is a rough thing to go through after a rough year. So uh, I, I assume that's Kingston, Ontario. Yes, yes. I mean, I hope so. It was a Canadian site that I saw it on. Yes, Kingston, Ontario. That's correct. SBT Comics. So, I mean, check them out. If you're in Kingston or you're traveling through Kingston, uh, go buy some comics there and support them, please. Welcome to the warm-up! What came about recently, I've been doing a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of clutter in this house, in this house that I live in, with my my dear wife, who puts up with a, a lot of the clutter that I bring into this house. And one of the things that uh, we're kind of doing this room where we have a lot of our books and stuff that we store, and also I have my computer and my drawing table, and... One of the things we're trying to do is just sort of declutter and also try to make better use of the space we have. So for the first time ever, and partially because of our, our, our dear friend and co-host Merck here, who has uh, his comics in, in long boxes uh, in his studio space, uh, I noticed that they had some, you know, you can just buy long boxes at the store. And I'm just like, maybe I should do that. Maybe that would be good. You know, she sort of, there was some that had like comic art on them and stuff i'm just like that's pretty cool so i you know might have got some of that to try to organize and i'm like getting things in bags now and i'm gonna like maybe bag and, and board some of the old ones i have so i'm trying to get organized and it's better use of space so um like i have this shelf where i had them stacked in and i can fit in probably like three uh short boxes per shelf and it's like super super stable so I'm trying to get organized in that regard. Uh, and I just thought I would talk about, like, as far as, like, you know, being a comic reader slash collector, like, getting organized with, if you have enough of a collection or even whatever collection you have, how you organize and kind of file that stuff and, like, how you make the best use of your space. Because if, if you read comics and you keep them, um, they that's a... It, it takes up a lot of space and it's very heavy. <laughs> Because it is yeah. paper. Yes. That's, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. God. Yeah. I've moved all over the country, too. So that's been a big thing of just, like, moving. Have, did we, when we moved you into your house, Merc, did we carry long boxes up there? Uh, we I honestly carried, don't remember. I may have blacked it out. We carried short boxes because for the longest time. I oh, had those long were boxes. short boxes. Yes. Well, oh, so long they get longer. boxes are, like, what, like, three two and a half three feet long like how boxes. many how many comics can a long box hold i think is my question if if they're bagged and boarded Let, how many comics can a long box hold <laughs> sorry seven um i get this is a short box and i'm gonna pick it up Ooh, that's roughly heavy. okay in a long box there's roughly 250 to 300 comics yeah oof um, in a short box, roughly 150 to 175. This right here. That's a lot of comics. I got, yeah. I have, I have probably. That's like, like a third of Hickman's Avengers run. Like, so he, uh, what do you, what you're showing? <laughs> and it's only like a, a 50th of what he's got planned mm -hmm. for that story. For that now, story. Now show me the Claremont box. Yeah. That's really. the planet uh, Earth. And funny you mentioned that. Like I collected the older uncanny stuff, and then I mean that stuff was seldom funny. Stuff, I have like three short boxes or something of of just Claremont stuff, probably. Yeah, I have probably about thirty to forty short boxes in my studio that 
my studio is strange. It's got like slanted walls that kind of come down, so they're kind of tucked into the the underside of the slant. You got to do like but, two yeah. and then one, or like three and then two and then one kind of a thing. Uh, they're they're layered. They're layered two right now, and some of them have three on top. So yeah, and I need to go buy more because. I started to collect older Uncanny X-Men stuff, and I've gotten to the point where of like what I had set aside in that short box is jammed tight now, so I need more space. To go off what you were saying about like bagging and boarding, I've always bagged and boarded. The comic bags, like say in the late 80s, were bigger. Yeah. They're, they're a lot tighter now, so they basically just fit one in a board sort of thing, but they were a little bit looser. I used to yeah. put like... Yeah. Like three or four of them yeah. back to back in one bag with no board. Or you could like do even like you could do one on either side and the board sort of protecting them both kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I that's what I do now. Yeah. Like you can you can fit like two in a board and it's quite tight. But then you could fit like you could probably fit up to five in a bag. It used to be totally. Uh, but what they used to do and it was and it's I'm glad that they fixed it is they used to have just that extra flap on the top of it and that would bend over and the and you would whatever, tape it depending on the comic story yeah they would put the tape on and i can't tell you how many comics i've torn the back or front off from that tape flap coming down and landing on the comic now they have like literally like there's a there's a sticky part where you just take it off on the back yeah. of the bag so it's never going to happen which is yeah. lovely. Yeah. So it never. It, yeah. There's no. It, it's the question. same technology that they use in, uh, in like, you know, delivering blood to a lab. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say that as someone who delivers blood to a lab on a regular basis. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's true. Um, we used to just tape the blood. Yeah. But now. That's and true. It used to spill you just, all over. You well, you you lick it first. <laughs> that would activate the seal. So I, I held up that box that had like the it's Joker art um from like a Detective Comics issue by Jock this iconic thing where he's like it's like his hair turns into bats and it's like just stark white background and it's really cool um which is a great cover uh and I realized and I'm starting to like, like that was sort of what made me like why am I doing the thing that I do because that issue apparently is worth a fair amount of money now just based on how beautiful that cover is which I own. But I can't find, and when I do find it, it's going to look like hell. Because it's probably just, like, underneath a bunch of shit and bent up. And I'm not a person who, like, reads comics being like, it'll be worth something someday. But I'm like, but at the same time, I'm like, maybe I should take better care of, like, you know, other people. Yeah. Like, you know, if I read someone's comics, I'll take good care of them. But mine, I was always, I just don't take care of them at all. And I'm like, maybe I should take a little bit better care of them just because, you know, frankly, if you're going to reread them down the line, you don't want them bent and messed up and, and looking yeah. like crap. Yeah. So. I mean, that that's your retirement fund, too, at, at the same time. Sure. <laughs> we'll see it's mine yeah because god knows i have no other retirement mm -hmm. yeah what is, what uh, is retirement it's never gonna happen yeah I'm sort really. of going through this whole period where i'm like I, again i got a lot of them in bins under the stairs i'm just like well actually you know i feel like putting them in these boxes and like stacking them and stuff would probably be a better use of space even because they're meant to fit in this specific thing and i have room to put them in this room where they'd actually be accessible for me to like pull a box out and find what i'm looking for and organize them in a better way and as you you might remember from when we recorded in my old house when we record in my studio upstairs that's right 
it was a very small studio and it had like a weird like you would come in the door and it had a bit of a corner part of the reason why it was a small studio was how many boxes were in there yeah exactly (laughs) that's right originally it was long boxes so they were against the wall and they were piled about like four or five high yeah and it was like a wall of comics and i was always i always had this irrational fear of like i'll be working one day and all of a sudden they'll just topple over and i'll be crushed by my own comic collection and, and, and then I and then the camera would slowly pan out and it would be like the the narrator from the outer limits like the hubris of man is that he <laughs> exactly. thinks he can control <laughs> his comics but what if his comics controlled him there it is You're exactly dun, 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 dun. yep and then cue stan lee coming in as a paramedic yeah, wow. it's Stanley and Rod Serling, and and Rod Serling is smoking in there, and you're like, you're gonna damage the comics. Yeah. <laughs> Please. He uh, Stan Stan closes your eyes and just has a solemn excelsior. <laughs> but uh, I I have but to I have smiling. to thank I have to thank my wife because like you know she's she's uh my space generally tends to be chaos and she's constantly trying to be like maybe this can be controlled chaos. Uh, so this was sort of driven by her, and we're gonna see how that goes. Like, I literally have this shelf here where I'm like, I could potentially move stuff around and have six short boxes in this, like, really strong little shelf. And that could be, like, a good chunk of, like, uh, my individual issues that I want to be able to access, and it would take up very little space in the, in, in, in this room, which would, uh, probably be helpful. My, uh, my wife rarely enters my, uh, uh, studio. I not that I don't want. I absolutely am like you can come in any time. She seem she seems almost reticent to enter. Like it's like it's your space. I don't want it. I'm like it's our house. It's well, okay. it's like how often do you walk into her office? All the time. Oh, well you're the problem. <laughs> I, I assume she's in, she's in like a Zoom call like about important like uh business stuff and you're just walking in with no pants. <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually do sabotage some of her, uh, but they're, I know they're not like heavy business meetings or people just, she knows sort of thing. I should be chatting like we are right now chatting. And then all of a sudden my head will come in the side and I'll kiss her on the side of the head or I'll poke her in the ear or I'll dance naked, whatever. Yeah. It goes way around your, your, your ding dong. That's all. (laughs) You just start singing the, my dingling song. My dingling. Oh, All right, th- this segment is over. <laughs> what the f- Ancient texts uh, tell us that uh, that a retcon and a reboot are two different things. A reboot uh, re restarts or resets continuity in, in a large scale. But a retcon is supposed to um, fit in with established continuity and reveal something that was always true, but not beforehand known. Do we accept that definition today on Zero Issues Comic Podcast episode number whatever? Until we don't, yes. Yeah. It's true until it isn't in the grand tradition of retcons. Until I retcon, until I retcon my answer and change yeah. it later on, yeah, yeah, I never said that at all. You just thought yeah, exactly. I did. You missed it. Was a Kylebot that was like my mini argument. Uh, so so retcon stands for retroactive mm-hmm. continuity. It's something that was supposed to be continuity all along, even if you, the reader, 
uh, or viewer or whatever didn't know it. Yes. But it's not something that was originally intended by whoever established that continuity. But it's hard to avoid anything that runs long enough, whether or not it's the same same creator yeah. who might change their mind later on, or a new creator, or editorial uh, people who might be like, eh, not this. Right, right. Generally, because that's how it comes about, because it's like another writer comes in and was like, oh, here's a really cool idea. And it, a, a lot of the times it seems it's like I read this when I was a kid and here's this thing as a kid and I love this yes. story. But here's a little hidden tidbit that I threw into that or whatever. Or it could yeah. be I just so, happened, but no, I changed it. So, so for example, uh, Mr. Sinister, X-Men villain extraordinaire. Uh, once guested on an episode of Modoc, <laughs> was supposed to be a, a an imaginary character created by a child to be like the most evil character, until it was decided that they weren't going to do that. Yeah, did it? I don't. I I never understood. Well, that, 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 that was, was one a character, thing, and they never I, really got to it. I like never really Claremont understood stuff. that character. I was like, it was one of those. I mean, his name is Mister Sinister. Yeah. Yeah. He's obsessed with this guy. <laughs> yeah, he's obsessed. He's obsessed with Cyclops. Okay, well, was he example supposed of retcon. to be? I heard he was supposed to be a Summers brother. Who well, isn't? Who do you hear that from, Mister Sinister? <laughs> yeah, really. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here, here's a here's a textbook example of a retcon. Moira McTaggart, ordinary oh, yeah. human person, yeah. until yeah. it was decided in in the recent X Men books. What, like a year yeah. ago? That, no, actually, Moira McTaggart has been a mutant the whole time. Her mutant power has been, you know, when she dies, she comes back to life, starting her, her life again from uh, pre-birth. Yes. Th- there is an example of a retcon right there, where it's like, for, you know, 50 years, we were told Moira McTaggart is a human, and then, no, no, she wasn't. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so she's she's gone through all those different timelines and tried different things to try to bring the mutant. Yeah, even her even her death in uh, in the early two thousands has has been retconned to no, that was you know an an LMD or something like that. Um, and something I noticed in my research is a lot of times things get brought up as retcons. Again, like I said, a continuity reboot, not a retcon because they're just wiping it out and starting over. One More Day is brought up often. The Spider-Man One More Day is brought up as like the worst retcon, but it's not actually really a retcon if you, if you think about it because it's not saying that this was always the case. It's a plot development that changed the past, which is really kind of a reboot more yeah. than a retcon. But it's also, it's an in-universe retcon. Yes, it is that, too. It- right? Like, like, like Zero Hour or, or Crisis or Secret In Wars. a sense, yes. It's, it, but it's, it's a weird spot because it's, I'm just bringing it up first because everybody talks about that. And I, I, did you, I, I don't know if yeah. you two wanted to talk about that, yeah. but it, it's such a go-to. Uh, we are, today we are talking about yes. bad retcons. Ones that didn't work, ones we didn't like. How about we all pick okay. two, and we all the two worst, and go through. Ooh. Them. I'm trying to take. I'm, I'm taking one more day off for me. Yeah, yeah. one more day that. off when Spider-Man just snoozed in a hammock. <laughs> yeah, really. Spider's news, and it just projects the. Yeah, it, it's like that shot from. Uh, it's that shot from the Earthworm Jim theme song where he's in a hammock and then he accidentally inhales a butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. I, I want to start off with, with this one. In Marvel Team-Up issue 74, 
Silver Samurai acquires a teleportation ring from John Belushi. In, thing, in things since that, it's been said that Silver Samurai acquired a teleportation ring from Chris Farley. Not in my really? continuity. It was always Belushi. What? Wow. Chris Farley that's... is completely different from John Belushi. Yeah, they're both that's... big fat guy party animals. Other than that, completely different. John Belushi, very charismatic, very, like, full of self-esteem. Chris Farley is always like a, like a you know, he, he was a big dude. Yeah, no charisma. No, no charisma at all. What? You have to take in... Well, different, different kind <laughs> of charisma. You have to take into... You saw him uh, yeah. interview Paul McCartney. <laughs> Exactly. You you have to take into consideration the Marvel sliding time scale, which we all know exists, because you know. Yeah. So who did he get it from now? Horatio yes. Sands. Yes, he's lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> Horatio Sands, and he never by died. Now, by now, it might be yes. Keenan Thompson. You know what I mean? It always. Changes. But if you say, if you say it's Horatio Sands, yeah. that means Horatio Sands is going to die in the next. Oh few years. no! So don't say it's him. Uh, you know what? He's shown yeah. up on some stuff lately, and I'm just like, I, I, I never thought that much of Horatio Sands. I'm just like, you know what? I, there was more to Horatio Sands than I thought at the time, and he was a little pigeonholed in that show. And frankly, I respect him more than Jimmy Fallon at this point, I gotta say, but that's a low bar. It is. Fuck you, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> please cut that out. Uh, <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I refuse. Can't make me. What, is he gonna challenge uh, you to a game of ping pong? That is really hyper specific, though. Like of just like one character, one little thing. Hmm. There, there's the whole John Byrne Superman thing that he kind of he reckoned a lot of stuff. Like, and a lot of it was power oriented of like what he could do or what he couldn't yeah. do, and and that's fine. But apparently, last Kryptonian. Yeah, like, and he did a lot of stuff because I think Superman was a, a bit of a mess by that point, so he did need to be kind of cleaned up and and streamlined a little bit. So when he, in the 80s, when he came in and kind of did that, I never realized when he did that, he revamped uh, and eliminated Superboy as part of that timeline. So the, the Legion of Superheroes, as it was created originally, Superboy was their reason for being. He was their... They're idle. This is how we based it. We're kids. We yeah, he's, he's what inspired them. Really? Yeah, exactly. So taking that out, it was like an entire team in the future. You've eliminated their reason for being. So how do they, how does that fix? So there was the time trapper, apparently later on, took Superboy, Lana Lang, Smallville, and all that group, everything that came along with that, and made a pocket universe with them. So that they still existed and they were still affecting the Legion of Superheroes. And it was like, okay, so now they have that reason for being. Um, And that was the reason, the entire reason for being. But that was eventually killed off as well. I don't know what the reasoning or how that happened, but eventually that was just kind of left to the wayside. Uh, Then Glorith, who I have never heard of, who is the Legion of Superheroes villain, recreated that timeline for some reason and had Monel, who was like the very Superman like character, yeah. Yeah. as the Legion as the Legion inspiration. But then Superboy eventually returns and takes on Boy Cock blocks Monel and takes that spot. But it was like that weird sort of like 
you you can retcon and you can fix things, but then you can also screw things up down the pipeline and go, oh shit, I didn't realize yeah, I was you, doing that. You need to you need to actually look ahead when you're when you're doing this stuff. When when you have a character that's got fifty plus years of history and just that minor thing of like, oh, Superboy actually inspired them. That's not a major thing, really. It's just like this little side thing to the character. You could just that... change it to Superman inspired them. Yeah. Yeah. I all I all I have to say is Won't someone please think <laughs> of the Legion? All I have please. to say is forget it, Merc, it's hypertime. The the main one that I wanted to start out with, but I'm not even gonna talk about it too much, was like the whole you know, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, or Mutants, Magneto thing. I feel like we covered that a little bit in the last episode with, with some talk in the news. And, uh, frankly, uh, you know what? Frankly, I think that's going to be resolved soon, so forget about it. Uh, the one I want to talk about first, actually, is a much more important character by the name of Puck. Yes, because originally, as he was created by John Byrne, and this is a rare situation where I, I'm going to say, John Byrne was... We're, we're in the John Byrne part of the episode i think we're in the john this, Byrne. this is one of the yeah. a, a rare the situation where i'm going to say john Byrne was right because when john Byrne had uh had had created puck uh, in alpha flight number one in august 1983 um so the whole idea was that he was uh he had dwarfism he you know he didn't have any specific powers he um you know he you know was just very agile and jumped around and stuff like that but he had a lot of uh he was in a lot of pain uh which was supposed to be due to an actual yeah. A condition called, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce this because it's a medical term and I am not so inclined, achondroplasty. Achondroplasty. Let's just go with that. So it's 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 literally something that goes with dwarfism often, which which causes a lot of of pain, you know. And that was just something that he struggled yep. with personally, and that was just part of, you know, part of his his story and uh, simple to the point. Uh, they did reveal later on. I think um, it was Bill Mantlow who retconned it uh, into this mystical situation where, like, originally Puck, uh, who was born in 1914 in uh, in Saskatoon, he was six foot six tall, and he was, like, an adventurer. A sorcerer called the Black Razor, um, I guess he accidentally freed this guy. Spelled like the phone. Just like the phone. It, it also opens, you know, uh, very cool. Very trendy. Very, mm-hmm. very, very mm-hmm. now. Uh, <laughs> so he... Uh, you talk right into his crotch. Though. Yeah. So uh, so Puck uh, was able to... Not Puck at the time. Eugene Please. Judd uh, trapped him using some ancient mysticism uh, from his own life force. And that caused him to, to shrink about half of his size. And as a, as a result of that, he was... Um, I think he was also, like, you know, got a much extended lifespan, but was also in constant pain because of that. Which feels like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it, it was an offhand remark that Byrne had, had, you know, put into Puck's mouth saying, like, you know, deal, t- talking about dealing with constant pain. So so they had they had taken that, that one sort of offhand comment and thought, well, how can I spin a story yeah. out of this? And the proper way is to, you know... Apparently, the proper way, according to them, is to not acknowledge that that people living with dwarfism often do have pain. Yes. Uh, but no, it's magic. But it, but it's it's also like how it's comics. Com- so we all, and especially when another writer comes in, 
you want to yes add more layers. We, we are you we are looking at more... this through a 2021 True. lens. Yeah, and it, it, well, but it's also just point. you want to make it much more fantastical. And if there's a character who just he, he's an interesting character, but he's never had much. He's hinted a little bit at a history, yeah. but not really developed much. You always want to insert more into that. And I get it. Like, it's, I would love to take characters and, that exist in the Marvel or DC universe and go, oh, and add this and this, and then there's this. Like, it's just how it, you, you, it goes. But at the same time, you can also ruin characters. That's yeah, unfortunately part of the deal. Well, it, it yeah. feels like, you know, honestly, and again, this was like, you know, literally this character came out months before I was born. I mean, like, it was, you know, I it's, it's, Really? Yeah, I was like literally months. Yeah, like about four months. I feel old now. Okay, not that old. You were you were a, you were <laughs> wow. a small child when this character came out. It's it's all negligible. And when eighty? When was it? Eighty three. I was in grade three. You were a small child. We're, we're, uh, yeah, listen, but we still think about what you were doing in grade three. That was so important. Nothing. I was reading Alpha Flight. You know what comments. the beautiful thing is? I feel like on this podcast, there's always been like this idea that there's like an age gulf. But guess what? We are all ancient compared to everybody. Like on like the TikTok Gen Zers, we are like doesn't matter. We're all like a hundred years old compared to those people. So yeah. who cares? I'm really glad that only one of us works at a school. I feel it every day. It sucks. Where you see first year students come in and they're like sweet babies and you're like you can still like pokemon and they're like yeah we do but we like pokemon that you haven't heard of <laughs> yeah my dad likes it oh yeah. you like squirtle the that's that's old news who cares squirtle's a fucking boomer <laughs> okay what one i have is uh parallax oh yeah where it's like, oh, Hal Jordan went crazy with grief and tried to recreate Coast City and that didn't work out. And then he killed a bunch of Green Lanterns and he took all their rings and he did this thing where he went like this with his hands. He's like, ooh, I've got all the rings. And he, he did a, a lot of bad stuff. And then it was, you know, they they had him sort of sacrifice himself and then they made him the Spectre. And then he did all the stuff to try to, to sort of... regain some sort of standing redeem himself thank you and then it was like well yeah all this stuff that you tried to do to redeem the character that doesn't count and everything that he did before it doesn't count because it was a fear demon he just had a fear demon in him and it's weird how much they push that to the point that it became an actual like a major part of the movie they made Mm-hmm. Like they were really trying to hammer that in, like like literally they were trying to hammer in that retcon to salvage Hal Jordan as they as they saw it. I'm sure to the, like that was a driving point of the biggest multimedia push in that character of all time. Which I actually I actually just rewatched that movie the other day, and. You know it's what? Okay. It's not as it's not as horrible as Oh yeah. As I it's as good as the 1994 Fantastic <laughs> 4, maybe better. <clears throat> the only difference is it got released into theaters and you could buy toys at Burger King. I mean like what? Not and McDonald's didn't though, get no. released in the theaters? No, it's, yeah. it's no Mac and me. <laughs> eh, we've had the bar set pretty high with certain comic True. book movies. Other ones are like are like medium level. Which I I put Green Lantern at the medium level. That it's like, you know what? 
it's just a, a fun, spacey action movie, yeah. whatever. I'll yeah. watch it. It's a laugh. It's good. It's not but, but amazing at all. My, my my issue has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> uh, my my issue is is that you know there was there was years of character development where yes he he was this this irredeemable character. He slowly started to redeem himself to the point where he was you know his his former peers in the Justice League might not have agreed with him and agreed with what he did, but they could respect him, and then then. They were just like, nah, fuck it, nah, fuck it. It was a, it was a fear demon. And you're right because the, a lot of work was made to sort of make it that that whole situation. That, and that was called Green Lantern Rebirth. Yeah, but those are two different things. There's the movie that came out. Yeah, that's I'm not one... talking about the movie. <laughs> well, that's what we were ju- we were just talking about. I know, but I'm trying to say that I'm trying to say that I'm not talking about. That. I fucked up the conversation by bringing <laughs> up the movie. I'm sorry. Forget the movie. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's but fine. I'm just saying, like the extent yeah. that they tried to like make that a definitive part. No, of shut the up, Bri. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I see what you're saying because they 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 did try to like you know sort of make that a little oh they just whitewashed it yeah but they tried and, yeah. to they tried to like, like didn't happen. show that like it, it it you just he he was broken like like something horrible happened like horrific happened like life ruining happened to him and he had this power and he just broke and he spent a lot of time and effort sort of trying to come back from it literally becoming the specter literally like trying to redeem himself and and, and you know try to like make amends for what he did and then to say like it was never his fault is kind of shitty from a character perspective because it's it's you know what i mean like a lot of writers put work into trying to actually do something with that and it just got wiped out basically like it never happened it's the difference between when when daredevil had his first fall from grace in the frank miller books uh compare that to uh when he had a had a fear demon in him, and he uh, took over the hand. But it was just a fear demon. Yeah, one of those is still regarded as a really good Daredevil story, and the other is just this fucking thing that happened, and then he grew a beard. No one remembers it. No one cares. And that, my friends, is the episode title. <laughs> he grew a beard. <laughs> he just had a fucking fear demon in him, and it's, yeah, he grew. Yeah, a beard. it was a fear yeah. demon. Oh, you you got uh, you got fear demons in here. Oh, you got a fear demon here, dude. You're going to need to spray for this. This shit will not come <laughs> out. This, I I think I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't know the full explanation because this was I, beyond the time that I collected uh, Spider-Man. But the, the idea of Gwen Stacy dying, um, but dying because she and Norman Osborn had sex and Gwen had twins <laughs> Bri just gets up and leaves oh Bri left oh he went to get a gun that's also a sword this is the this is the only yeah. this is the only gun I have to put to my head and shoot myself with ah. Wait, it's a on. dino blaster it's a oh dino blaster oh my god blaster. it's got an actual sword in it he could have killed on, himself yes. so Gwen Stacy who it was like a pinnacle story it's like one of these stories of the entire Spider-Man line uh, of her, him trying to save her. And then she dies and it's due to the, to the green goblin and the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. it turns out, Oh no, she as a teenager 
had sex with her friend's dad. So Harry is her friend. Dad is Norman Osborn. Dad turns out to be Green Goblin. Yeah. She had sex and had kids with Norman Osborn and had twins and... Yeah, read the um, untold tales of Spider-Man to see more. You can see where it fits in between issues. Fuck. She would not let Norman see the kids. They would never. And all I can think of is like Mina Servari in American Beauty or something like that. And it's Kevin Spacey as... Uh, Norman uh, as the Green Goblin and it's good casting wouldn't happen nowadays yeah and that's all I'm gonna say and I find that like uh that was that was pretty rough and I find it really really bizarre that they haven't bothered like they never have never fixed it they've adjusted continuity multiple times and they're just like you know what a lot of when they do that when they make some sort of weird mistake like like and it's we view it as a mistake whoever some people might not view it as a mistake but whenever they do stuff like that and it turns out they don't like it sometimes they just ignore it and it's not like retconned per se we're not like we're specifically fixing this it's just Let's just never mention. Yeah, like that's what happened with the puck thing. They just they don't talk about it. Yeah, just move on. Just it's fine. Just don't look anybody in the eye. It's good. In that case, though, they still make little references that are subtle enough to it. I think recently a story. No, there was recently a story that involved uh, Norman Osborn and like Spider Gwen from her world. And, like, apparently, like, Norman was, like, being really weird and creepy to Spider-Gwen, and, like, Peter got very upset about it. I'm just like, why would you still reference this? Just pretend it didn't happen. My God. Um, I I, I have one more that I can talk about, if that's cool with you. And, and it's a long list, but the one I want to talk about was, uh, it's, it's a story called Wolverine Evolution, I think, if you're familiar with this. Uh, so, this was... By uh, this is when Jeff Loeb was was writing Wolverine. I think uh, Simone Bianchi was drawing it, which is just like beautiful, beautiful. Simone Bianchi art. is, is oh gorgeous God. art. And uh, unfortunately, this plot happened. So uh, it was introduced that there was a a character called Romulus was introduced, who um was apparently behind pretty much every bad thing that ever happened to Wolverine in the history of bad things that happened to Wolverine. Like he was just like this this suddenly introduced mass manipulator who is behind everything that ever happened before which is always a wonderful retcon of course being like oh this new person showed up and this is the biggest badass of all time and connected so to everything. is this is this a star trek reference or is this in a, a rome reference guess <laughs> I, I I don't want to get too mean, but this is a Jeff Loeb. This is a Jeff Loeb comic, and uh, <laughs> he he makes yep. choices that I. That's fine. So what was what was revealed in this story was that uh, Wolverine was not actually a mutant at all. He was like a an, a, a further evolved like wolf, basically. Like the wolves also evolved, so there was like humans and mutants, and also like these ultra like evolved wolves that were a separate oh. thing called lupines. Right. And on one degree, on one degree, I I can sort of understand where he was coming from because originally in his creation they were going to have Wolverine be like a wolf that like evolved into a humanoid like a human person like that was sort of an idea that initially they had until they were like or he could just be a mutant and that idea was stupid which is what they did decide 
because they had good ideas. But what about bad ideas? This got brought back, <laughs> and the whole idea is that like he, he was a lupine and not a mutant, which I, I'm pretty sure was definitively... Yeah. contradicted by his entire history at that point. But also, like, there's different breeds of lupines. So, like, and they're defined by their hair colors. So, dark-haired Wolverine and blonde-haired Sabretooth were natural enemies because they had different hair colors and they were both different breeds of lupines. And that explains why they hate each other instead of just the fact that, I don't know, Sabretooth is a psychopath and Wolverine isn't. Wolverine's just a different kind of psychopath. To be fair. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Let me also just interject that lupine is a kind of flower. And lupin is a French thief. <laughs> so this this went on for a while where it was just like this Romulus guy was like literally the biggest of, of all possible big bads that Wolverine could ever face. And like, you know, much like in other, let's just say you might, you might introduce like, like Hush is like the ultimate villain that batman ever faced and like blue is this this move has been pulled before by the same writer that's all i'll say it, and it usually has been not actually a very good story and then years later i believe that that romulus is there's like another character related to romulus that was Remus. like uh like a sister or something like that I think you're right. I think it was literally Remus. I I think you're actually well, right. To which I can only say, woof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Woof. Um, just offhandedly being like, no, nah, that was all lies. They just lied to you. You're a mutant. Everything's fine. Um, but they literally went with this for an extended period being like, you're part of like a wolf evolution instead of a mutant, which seems like a stupid decision to make for the most famous and popular mutant from the most fam- arguably the most famous and popular team book like team thing that exists at, at that Not particular to mention, you, okay you're you've derived from a wolf your name's wolverine we understand that they're similar sounding the start is similar but they are two different a wolverine they're, they're different it's- one comes from the badger family um Yes! <laughs> They're not the same Which thing. Is the They're point, not because even he's a little guy! Remotely the same thing. Dear God. He's a little vicious yeah. guy. Like, he's supposed to be That's like a little, like, point. scrappy yeah. rodent guy. Yeah. Like, it, it was, it was, it was the beautiful, um, it, it's the low, the Lewebian, uh, perf, perf situation, I would Lobian. say. The perfect Lewebian situation where it, it's, it's very literal, but also, like, very, misunderstanding everything yeah. about that character and just assuming that you you have a better idea than like decades of people that came yeah. before you it this was is the a, this worst is a new character thing. that no one else has ever written yeah um, horrible and I, like and I, I do like some jeff Loeb stories but like whenever he feels like he's just like he's got something it's just like i could do better than anyone's ever done before it's usually a big sack of vomit and in this case it was uh, Kyle, you have another, one last one? Really, it's just a one-sentence statement. Or, I guess, three very short sentences. Uh, one is that Sentry was a really cool idea. Uh, Blue Marvel was kind of cool, too. And, uh, Voyager, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Marvel, just doing the same thing three times. I've never even heard of Voyager. Like, what is that? 
You have oh. heard. You have heard of Voyager. What is that? You absolutely that have Hicks, heard of Hickman, Voyager. Hickman Avengers, right? Yep. There was that statue that had all the original Avengers, and there was this female character Voyager who's like, oh, but was that part of forgotten history? Voyager. It's it's basically Voyager. Uh, it, it's. <laughs> Uh, along with the listener who will be like, who the fuck is Voyager? And then they'll go and Google this and they'll, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that thing from like three years ago. Oh, OK. All right. That we all forgot about. That we all but, wanted you know, to Century forget had, about. Yeah. Century had the, the cool idea of like, what if there was this, you know, superhero that we'd all forgotten about? And yeah. then Blue Marvel, they did it again. I would say I, I like Blue Marvel. I like Blue Marvel, too, because Blue Marvel's still around. It isn't a dick. Yeah. Blue Marvel fits in, but the other ones, whenever they try to make it, like, just a world-shakingly big thing, it's never gonna take. Like, nobody's yeah. actually gonna... The the only the only thing like that that, that ever really took was the, uh, the, like, Truth, Red, White, and Black book, the Captain America book. Yeah. With Isaiah Bradley. Yes. It was like, right. oh, that, that actually it, sort of fits in. And it, it makes sense. Cap yeah. wasn't active okay, and, I'm looking up Voyager... And no, I have no idea who this character is. You don't recognize nope, this? No, nope, not at all. The concept of the lost founder of the Avengers was initially suggested in the planning of Marvel Legacy. Well, so, clearly, clearly you've been mind wiped or, yeah. you know, you're, you're part of this new continuity where we don't talk about Voyager. <laughs> I've had a rebirth. Yeah. And also, here's the thing about Star Trek Voyager. Neelix sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point we cut. And then yep. we'll go, who are we? And then we'll do that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who are we? Who are we? I am Merck. You can find me at MerkAsylum.ca, M-E-R-K-A-S-Y-L-U-M.ca. Merck on Facebook, Merck and not like astronaut on Instagram. I'm Bry Kotick. You can check out my comic at WelcomeToHereafter.com. I'm really hoping I can update it again at some point. But otherwise, you can find me on Instagram at B-R-Y-K-O-T-Y-K. And that's me. And my name is Kyle, and you can check my stuff out at thekylelees.com or thekylelees on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Yeah, and you can you can visit all three of us at the uh, the Thunder Bay Country Market uh, Wednesdays from 3.30 to 6.30 and Saturdays from 8 a.m., which is too early for some of us and <laughs> just fine for others of us. It's too early for some of us that even are supposed to be there. I like a nice crisp 8.03. A nice crisp yeah. 8.03 until one in the afternoon. Yeah. I returned recently and I literally got there with uh, one minute to spare. And I, 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 I think that is commendable. Still got it. Still got it. Join us for the month of July. Uh, any print that is purchased from our booth in the market, 20% of which will go to the Indian Residential School Survivors Society. Also, huge, huge thank you to uh, K. Preston Merkley for doing all the uh, the music, the interstitial sounds that you hear between the segments here. He's been doing it for years. He does it live, which that's crazy. Every time. We could just record it, but he insists on doing it live and doing it perfect every time. So it, don't scroll back. If you do scroll back, he has to do it again, and he's trying to put his kids to bed. True. So True just be nice. He's just going to... I can't believe I every, every, every time you go back, he has to retcon that musical piece. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. That's true. Don't yeah. do that to him. It's a recordicon, as opposed to the recordicons, the Transformers. 
also in uh, Rise of the Beasts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, bye!